0: We
1: hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Welcome everyone. So I'm just going to do a little introduction before John gets up and shares. So we've been thinking about friendship and particularly friendliness and how it's often something that we underestimate the importance of But we're going to look at it, and hopefully today you'll kind of catch the value of it. So um, by 12 p.m. today, which is the next 30 to 45 minutes, I don't actually know what the time is. Yeah, around about that. You will hopefully be able to have these things under your belt. Number one, you would know how we can be sure if we love God. You will see how God's love is contagious. You will consider if you've got a stocked up well of friendship. You will have heard about buddy bundles. Hopefully, you'll be up for an adventure in friendliness. You'll see how Jesus' friendliness changed lives. And you'll be able to imagine how he might launch from your friendliness. Okay, so that's where we're going today. You should be able to have a response to each of those points by the end of this meeting. That's our challenge. Okay.
0: Good morning. Look at you. Just turn and look at. There's some lovely smiling faces. Just have a look. Enjoy. You're going to spend eternity with them, so you might as well get used to it. Look at that. No, you have to. Don't look at me. My face is miserable. I can't help it. It's stuck to the front of my head. Look at somebody. Give them a little smile well done Neil we think you're smiling we're not sure because you've got your mask <laughs> on <but, laughs> alright the good news is God loves you no matter who you are what you've done how you are whether you're smiling or not smiling God loves you let's say it again the good news is God loves you. Yeah. yeah, it's quite good to be loved. Yeah. All right. So, we've been talking a lot about this over these months. Um, how do you know if you love God? Well, yeah, um, I enjoy entering into the worship. Yeah. Um I read the Bible, yeah. Um, I come to meetings and you know I listen to John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got various different ways of assessing it, but what does the Bible say? What does God say? Well, this is what He says. We know that we love God if we love a brother or sister. 1 John 4, 20. Whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. So the measure of loving God is expressed In loving one another. (coughs) Ooh, well, man, I've got to try and love. Richard Hilton, that's a challenge. (laughs) I'm going to try. I won't won't look at his shoes, that would put anybody off. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, it's thankfully not about trying. It's about what God has put in us that enables and the expression of it is that we love one another. And we're turned from the basic, selfish, inward-looking whatever person to somebody that is equipped to love one another with the love of God. It's there. From the moment that we submit our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the miracle of new birth takes place. We are equipped. It's not something that we have to work up. It's something that we choose to express exactly and in the ways, many ways, practical ways, real ways that God puts in his word. Let me... Read a couple of scriptures. Dear friends, let us love one another. Why? For love comes from God. Everyone who's been born of God and knows God, it's there. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. I love this bit. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We've been particularly focusing on that, haven't we, in the song this morning. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also, uh uh-oh, we also ought to love one another. See, brothers and sisters, this is not about kind of trying to do something to kind of put it on. It's it's recognising this is what we're equipped with. We choose the expression, we choose to express it, but It's what God has given us as part of this great gift of salvation. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Isn't that an amazing thing? So... There's old Al, young Al. (laughs) Right? He loves God and I love God. That's good. Praise God. Good. (laughs) But Isn't it amazing that the love of God is only made complete as I love him and he loves me. Mm. The love of God Is only made complete, only attains its fullness as we love one another. And the good news is that he's empowered and equipped us to do just that. It's a choice. We don't have to do it. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, in this world, we are like Jesus. We are like him in love. That's the characteristic that we've got. It's not about hairstyle or clothing or external things. It's what he's put in us. We're like him in love. A new command I give to you. Not an option. A new command I give to you. What's the good thing about commands from God? What's the good thing about it? Oh, 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 if I don't do it, I've got the chop. No? The good thing about command from God is that every command comes, as it were, with wrapped up inside it the power of God to live that way. (laughs) If we were trying to keep it, If we were trying to do it without God's power, without what he enables us to, we'd be failing all the time. But he causes us to always triumph in him. And so the ability to love that, the choice is to submit to him. New command. Once it's a command, we know that that comes wrapped up inside it is the power to do it. A new command, I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you go to the meeting regularly, uh, read your Bible, um, do good deeds, and sing loud. Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So we've been talking about this catching a fresh sight of him. About loving him. And what comes out of that? Knowing that you love him is particularly, especially and significantly expressed in our love one to another. It's lovely that we Enjoy worship. It's lovely that we can enjoy the things of God, the provision of God. But the way we know that we love God is how we love one another. And we love Him, why? Because He first loved us. We catch that fresh encounter. See, that fresh encounter, yes, it does release us in worship. It does release us in, in, in the whole walk with him into sharing the gospel. But the most important thing, it, relates us, it, it releases us into relating one with another in the way that he has ordained. And that's what he's saying. So the measure of it, the expression of it, is in this whole issue. All men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We catch a glimpse of him, he is love. Because as we behold him, we become like him, we love. It's, it, it's not working. In fact, if we love, we look more like our Father. 2 Corinthians 3. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, when you have that expression, you look just like your father. The same DNA. Imagine that in the natural. Imagine one of my boys being told they look just like your father. (laughs) Dear me. Yeah, that's the cross they have to bear. Yeah. But we have that DNA, that expression. We we look just like our father when we love. So we want to have a little look into that. Particularly, it's very interesting and it's very important that we pick up the things that God's saying to us. One of the things that we've been hearing recently is about the unblocking of wells. I think that's really important. Unstopping that well of friendship. Uh, getting into the flow and the life of it and the expressions of it. Yeah, we've been curtailed somewhat during all this coronavirus stuff and what have you. That's a time that we can shake off and emerge. The other thing about this whole issue of unstopping wells, it's not necessarily just that we have a better happy time. I'm sure there'll be a lot of blessing in it. If you think, Isaac dug wells, he didn't get to drink from them, but others gathered around them. You know, we've always loved for many years Psalm 84, the whole thing about, blessed are those hearts are set on pilgrimage, who have decided they need never to stop learning, changing. But I love that verse. As they pass through the valley of Bacca, they make it a place of springs. They're passing through and springs are coming. They're not dwelling there. They're moving on. That's the whole point of the song. So the very fact of passing through, the very fact, and we've been looking and hearing of some of these things. Do you know, um, when we were in the first Tuesday prayer, um, I got one of, those, one of those sort of flashbacks, memories that came, but it wasn't just a memory, it was like a light that was shone upon it. Way back in the beginning of, of the Lifeline International Network, Um, one of the first things we were doing then, and many of you wouldn't know about this, but some of you would remember we were um, taking up on a a role of helping to dig wells in different places in Zimbabwe and uh, we didn't get water from those wells the people there did and I, I can remember going to negotiate i think that might be with the with the local head chief in one of these places Um, It was an amazing experience because in those days i don't know about now but they had all the old-fashioned um clothes cloaks and headgear that we would have had um almost in the previous century you know and they still dressed up in them uh, for this special occasion and uh I, I tried to introduce this idea at the time but nobody took it up because what happened was as he walked through the area uh, his people coming from the fields would all sort of bow down and I thought that would be a nice way. You know, we, let me try coming into the meeting and doing that. It didn't catch on. It didn't catch on. Anyway, he gave us this area of land. But the point is this. We were involved in redigging or digging for the first-time wells. And wherever that happened, people gathered. Because it's better to have water there than have to walk eight miles for it. So they gathered. And a church was formed. And I thought, hmm, we didn't, we didn't benefit from the water. But that was something for that period of time that God gave us to do. And we passed through the springs of water. But the springs of water were far more than the water. It was about the life that came as churches were planted. So we bringing life, but not necessarily stopping. But just doing. Do you know, just while I'm thinking of it, um, some of you would, some of you are old ages, um, old stages, not ages oh, you've got to be so careful, um, might remember, uh, you would certainly remember, Vivian, a group of people joined us um, from the um, deaf church. Yeah. And uh, we adapted and we changed at various things, even the shape of the meeting, and some of you learned the signing. And um, that was for, I don't know for how long, but for quite a period of time. I've recently had a contact from um, one of the people that was with us many years ago. They're in a church now where uh, the wife of the pastor, um, and it sounded as though church was going well, the wife of the pastor was the daughter of one of those leaders that came. And uh, in this email, he said, they, they speak so highly of how they were received. It was a well. It, it, it was just something that we did um, as we passed through at that point in time. What are we are talking about? This, this is about the ability to give, give freely without requiring a return. And we've been hearing some, some testimonies about that and we'll come on to that in a bit able to do something, giving out of the, of the goodness and the glory of God and others gather around. And all we can say is, yeah, thank you, Lord. I was part of showing something of your love in this situation. What a privilege to be able to do that, to actually demonstrate samples of the kingdom of God as we love one another.
1: That idea of being able to give freely without needing to make sure that you're repaid gives a whole different meaning to friendliness. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking about friendliness and not necessarily friendship at the moment. I can be friendly even if it's never returned back to me by someone else. And um, just like Isaac could plant a well, could build a, dig a well, he could move on. He could do what was right and be, be a life source for someone. And so we're thinking, what, what does it mean to have this idea of a stopped up well of, of friendship or friendliness? How might we have got stopped up a little bit? And this was a word that um, Terry King brought to us on the Leaders Weekend, particularly as a result of the, the COVID and the lockdowns. So I want to just invite you to think how, it might, how we might have had a stopped up well. Have I become a little comfortable or stuck in this new order of things? Let, let's be honest. We've definitely having more nights in than before the lockdown. We're definitely just focusing on a particular group of people because that's what we were told to do. That was the government restrictions, that was the requirement. Stop big big social gatherings, focus on smaller pockets of people. And you pick the people that you're most comfortable with, that bring a bit of energy and fun. And we've been trying not to expose ourselves to a disease which, like a year, a year ago or so, was one of the greatest threats to human existence. At least that's what the media would have had us think. And the whole world was in lockdown. So there's quite some justifiable reasons why we've changed our behavior. But are we satisfied with this now as we're learning to live with COVID? Weren't we made for so much more of this? Did we not sign up to serve him with everything that we had? Do we not find our greatest joy when we put His pleasure first? Isn't there a deep desire? When I see Him for who He is, when I've experienced that love and it touches and does something in me, there's something that needs to find a valve, needs to find an expression. Referring back again to the the Coke and Mentos advert experiment, something was dropped inside and something had to find its way out. If I've seen Him... Something's got to find his expression. Because he first loved me, there's something in me that needs to be expressed to find love, else, uh, to express love. The song that we were singing earlier How Everything Changes Now My Eyes Have Seen the King. And this is the thing that we've been saying for so long that God keeps bringing us back to. As we see him, something is changed in my desire, and my whole behavior is transformed as I've seen him. We want to be able to express that and find a different way. And so, we want to introduce Buddy Bundles. Guess who named this one? If anyone ever thinks of a better name for anything, come talk to me. So we want to, from half term up to Easter, we want to create a bit of space where we can practice again the things that we, we, we used to do so much more. That friendliness, hanging out, um, being, having fun together. But the song that keeps coming back to my mind is that silly one of don't just stand in your own little place, reach out and touch a friend. I'm not going to make you all do it and hug a friend's neck and all that kind of stuff. But we, we, have, usual, we have our usual suspects that we would normally connect with. My challenge is I think God wants us to be friendly beyond that. Are there new people you haven't really met? Or are there people that sit across the aisle from you and have done on a Sunday morning for about 10 years and you've never really taken the opportunity to have a conversation? There are so many gems amongst us with so many stories. And you don't know what someone else is going through. Just because they're regulars doesn't mean that there's not something that God could use you to bring something into their lives. So, we're gonna, from, from next week, we're gonna start putting up a um, flip chart where you can write down what you're up to so that people can be aware of what they're join, joining in with. Like we did with, when we used to do church holidays, people would write up, alright, this is where I'm going if you want to come. So, if you're doing something that can involve a wider audience, jot it down on the flip chart, how, how, how can they get in contact with you, what what can you do together? Now if, if you think yes I want to do something but I don't know how to start, talk to someone else that would care for you and help you with that. You can always come talk to me if you think I want to do something I don't know what to do, I don't know how to organize it, I don't know how to publicize it, we can help you with that. This This song also keeps coming back to my mind.
2: Yeah. Find me somebody to
1: love? Is that our question today? Is there someone that can find me to someone I've got a I want to express love to, someone I can share what I've witnessed with. And the fascinating thing is, there is someone that can find me somebody to love. And C.S. Lewis put it so well. He said, we think we have chosen our own friendships, but there are no chances. There is a secret master of ceremony at work, the same person who said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you, can also say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen each other, but I have chosen you for one another. At this feast, it is he who spreads the board, and it is he who has chosen the guests. It is he we may dare to hope, who sometimes does, and always should, preside, let us not reckon without our host. God's connecting people behind the scenes. Who does he want you to be friendly with? What is the step that you're gonna make, even today, to walk across the floor to someone that you've not really spoken to before? Not because you're being told you have to, but because you've caught a sight of someone that left the heavens to cross over to you. And that has done something inside you that is bubbling up and has to find an expression. This is what we want to provide the space for over this next little while. So buddy bundles, they're just about getting us back into the rhythm of what we used to do, but maybe from a better basis than we've ever done it before. Sorry, and then I gotta show you a little video of giving you some suggestions of what it might look like.
2: Shake a friend's hand, shake a hand next to you, shake a friend's hand and sing la la.
1: matter what it looks like. If you want to get together and study the significance of the seventh horn in Revelations, you can do that. If that will blow your socks off, that's great. If you want to learn how to line dance, I really don't care. It's about having fun together and expressing who he has been to you. So be creative. Do something crazy. That's fine.
0: Henry, there he is. So Henry's going to help me um, in a minute, and uh, this is Henry. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Try, try and look friendly towards him because he looks a little bit. Does it? He? he looks all right. Yeah. All right. Being part of what God is up to. Feels like fun, fun, yeah, adventure, yeah, stretching, yeah, all right, expressing God in this, in the real world, in real time. So we've been on this journey, renewing covenant to God and each other. And see where he's taking us next. Adventure in unity with God and with one another. I might, you might, be used by God along the way to help someone, maybe connect or overcome loneliness. Remember the illustration that uh, Jamie and Elliot gave us, this whole thing of being letting him fill you like a glove, reach out from within you, compulsion and collaboration. So I want to look briefly at two Bible stories um, just to get some understanding how that happened then. And the first one is in the story of Zacchaeus in it's Luke 19, 1-9. Nine. And what's going to happen, Henry's going to read it, but I'm going to keep interrupting him. Is that all right, Henry? Sure. Thank you. All right. So, kick off, mate.
2: Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Ah!
0: Did you get that? Passing through. Just passing through. Not staying, not stopping. No premier in there. Nowhere. Just passing through. Okay? Okay.
2: A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who Jesus was but because he was so short he could not see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way when Jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him Zacchaeus come down immediately
0: right okay so he's passing through Zacchaeus is up in a tree. What, what made him stop? Why did he... I mean, there's crowds of people around. Because he did only, always, the things his father was giving him to do. So his plan, if you like, was passing through, but at that point in time, he then called Zacchaeus. Caused him to come down. So he gladly came down. Uh, yeah,
2: so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly.
0: yet me worried for a minute. I thought you wasn't going to come down. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Amy.
2: All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of the sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham.
0: Okay. So, here's somebody who was most unpopular. Tax collector. Um, double dealing, conniving, uh, crook, basically. Somebody who had no acceptance. And somehow, Jesus brought Zacchaeus' acceptance with giving him his own credibility, calling him forth, bringing in somebody who everybody else said was an outcast, basically. He reached out a hand and coming stay with him or to spend time with him, to eat at his house, love, acceptance and forgiveness has been a key theme for many, many years and continues to be, love, acceptance and forgiveness. Being demonstrated right there in in an amazing way. A total transformation. Presumably Jesus then just goes on the next day or whatever. But a total change, just because he heard God and responded from that heart of love. All right, we're gonna look at another one now. Familiar story, feeding in 5,000, this is Matthew 14, and Henry's gonna start us off for this.
2: When Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds. Let's just pick it
0: up. A solitary place, a remote place. Uh, Some distance away. Thank you.
2: Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food.
0: Okay, that's helpful. There's a measure of concern. They're saying, uh, "Look, um, they're, they're going people are going to be hungry." Uh, disciples are saying, um, "We must. We should do something. Um, send them away so they." One minute. Hang on a second. They're in a remote place. Send them away so they can buy some food. Can you imagine? There's 5,000 of them queuing up outside the village shop several miles away. Um, (coughs) Not the most practical suggestion, but kind of something stirring, looking to do, recognizing the need But not able to
2: complete it. Thank you. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over.
0: Totally wonderful and amazing. I mean,
2: here they are. First of all, um,
0: send them away. Not practical. But there was a concern. They couldn't complete it, but they were with Jesus. And then... Jesus shows them what he can do when we turn to him, how the situation, the same as with Zacchaeus, can be utterly changed. And just with the, the, the small amount of bread and fish, everybody gets fed. It wasn't that they could come up with the answer, but it was that out of the stirring and the concern, God came jesus came stepped in and actually brought an answer with a miracle we start with what we've got whether it was the loaves and fishes or whether we were talking i think with mara the other day about the 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 ladies that she's reaching out to how do you start with a smile somehow starting with a smile practice it You, you can practice on me because sometimes it's quite a frightening thing to look at you. I mean, don't take that personally, but there's something about a smile. We start with what we've got, but actually we've got something more than that. We've got the love of God and the Spirit of God. We are empowered to actually show what God is like. The Bible tells us that we show what he's like when we love one another. Thank you very much, Henry. Didn't he do well? Yeah, yes. Yes. Thank you, Henry. Start with what we've got. Kindness and interest and awareness of somebody else's experience, somebody within my sphere. What was their experience like of being around me? Whether it was for 30 seconds or 30 years, what was the experience? What are we giving off? Terry gave a, one two very interesting examples when he was with us. Talked about being kind to somebody, whether it's somebody waiting on us at the table or just a curiosity, a base level. And then he talked to us about receiving a gift of $100 and as he received it, he heard God say, it's not for you. And then he was looking for that time, that moment. And then the the moment came where god just prompted to give it to somebody and the transformation that 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 took place just because to be a channel of god's life of god's blessing to actually be those who who can show and demonstrate god's heart of love that's the privilege that he calls us to thank god that we haven't just got to sit there sing songs and wait for Jesus to come, that he causes us to be members of his body, demonstrating what he's like. And he tells us that the primary place for starting that is one to another. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, where would you have me to go? Friendliness, kindness and interest. See what he's up to. Something that he's given us to do. Something that he's doing even when we don't see that he's working. See, we've breathed in his love. We've experienced it. And again, what we were hearing last week about breathing in, but also need to exhale it, express it. want to express who you are. You've shown me you are. How can I do this? How can I show... What you've placed in me, to my brother, to my sister. That's what God's calling us to. He's up to something. Even when we don't see that he's working. Not every instant you see is for my action. Sometimes it's God drawing attention. I've found that happen. Very interesting. Sometimes God suddenly points out two or three things It wasn't for any action. It was to draw my attention to something. I think God is doing that. We need to ask God, what are you showing me in this? I've just seen this. It it stood out to me. What are you showing me? Because he'll open up something which we could miss if we only respond to some immediate need that we see. This is not just about responding to needs. This is about going beyond that into the purpose of God. And sometimes he uses things to grab our attention. Sometimes these things are about what he's doing so that we can get behind what he's doing. We don't know. I don't know the detail of what he's doing, say to Richard here. But is God giving me some place, some part? As there's some nudge that comes, some stirring in the heart, Well, I think I choose to trust God to meet my need for friendship. I choose not to make this my business. And make my business being friendly, giving love freely. Biblically, and all that God has basically example to us through Jesus And in the instruction he gives us, it's about giving, not getting. He looks after us. He can do a better job than we'll ever be able to do. So what he instructs us is about giving. Let us focus on giving and let him take care of our getting as we give his love and respond to him. Being friendly, giving love freely. Don't underestimate value of friendliness, a way of expressing who God is, making God visible in a world that can't otherwise see him. You know, back in the day, I, I really, and we were taught nothing about this, nothing about showing God's love in terms of friendship, in terms of reaching out to people. It just wasn't in it was tell them that they're bound for hell and God loves them. Just get the gospel across. Don't worry about what's up there, but they're starving now. No, Just get the gospel. That was never the truth. It was a warped position. Some of you know that. Some of you were in that. Many of you have never been in that. Thank God for that. Show his love. And do you know if you today, tomorrow, any day say, Lord, where would you have me show love today? Lord, where would you have me serve? Lord, where would you have me pick up the phone? This this sets us on a course personal excitement, fulfilment, but far more than that of the extending and building of his kingdom. Don't underestimate the value of friendship. I want to read you um, a quote from Elizabeth Elliot. This is the wife of Jim Elliot, who was martyred with other missionaries in Ecuador many years ago, but she went on to be a very um, significant author. And one of the books had a profound effect on me. Um, One of the milestones in my own life. She said this, do you often feel like parched ground, unable to produce anything worthwhile? I do. When I am in need of refreshment, it isn't easy to think of the needs of others. But I have found that if, instead of paving, praying for my own comfort and satisfaction, I ask the Lord to enable me to give to others, an amazing thing often happens. I find my own needs wonderfully met. Refreshment comes in ways I would never have thought, both for others and then incidentally for myself. God calls us to give, not to worry about getting. He takes care of that. So we're talking about loving one another and that being expressed in this word friendship. Well, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to close the meeting, and as we close the meeting, will you go and be friendly with someone? Will you be a doer of the word? Will you don't don't just look for someone who's, you know, nice to be friendly to. Ask God. Ask God. Yeah, you you might find one or two people like that. But Lord, who would you be? Who are you sending me to? We are talking, brothers and sisters, about an exciting increase on a journey that God has given us of unblocking a well. Father, will you help us to be doers, not just hearers? Lord, you've been so patient with us. You've talked to us so consistently about catching your heart, getting that fresh glimpse, that new experience <coughs> That fresh anointing. Lord, you're again reiterating to us that the expression of loving you, the outflow is in loving one another, and being (coughs) biblical friends. Lord, will you help us? Lord, we want to we want to pursue your purpose. We want, Lord, to fulfil what you've called us to in this time and generation. We recognise, Lord, except you build the church, we labour in vain. And Therefore, Lord, at this time, we ask that you would take these things that you see and cause us, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit to be drawn in and impacted and impressed to the point of the empowerment for action. Lord, that we might show your love one to another and to all those that you bring us into contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church
1: with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.